You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. Appreciate you joining me on Friday, June 11th. Um, we're going to start here with an interview uh, I did on my radio show earlier today. This is Anthony Trash. He's from Pro Football Focus. And Anthony believes that Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU, is going to be one of the breakout wide receivers in college football this year. He had some high praise for Quentin. Uh, had some interesting things to say about Max Duggan as well. So I'll let you hear a little bit of that. Here's myself and uh, Q and Ward White from Unnecessary Roughness, the radio show I work on, talking with Anthony Tress about um, former Temple Wildcat and now current TCU Horn Frog, Quentin Johnston. Just going back to his freshman year, what did you see from Quentin that stood out the most to you to make him feel like, to make you feel like he's going to be that breakout guy or could be that breakout guy in 2021? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the my biggest conviction buys heading into 2021. Um, I mean, he was obviously a highly coveted recruit, top 100 guy according to 247, and he's just a tall, lanky wide receiver who plays stronger than his, than his frame suggests, and he's also an exceptional all-around athlete, very rare for his size. I um, mean, he, he's just a monster defend on go balls, and he struggled, or, you know, defenders struggle to bring him down after the catch. We saw that this past season. In 2020, I mean, he almost averaged nine yards after the catch per reception, broke 16 tackles on 22 receptions, which is a really, you know, rare rate um, in that small stretch there. So considering, too, the TCU quarterback situation has really stabilized last year. You know, Max Duggan, he made major strides. I mean, from, by, you know, comparing his 2020 to 2019, 2019, he was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks that we've ever charted. And then in 2020, you know, it, it still wasn't great, but it wasn't at least at the liability level that it was in 2019. He got it closer to, you know, just uh, just below average there. So, you know, with that, you know, being considered the emergence down the stretch from Quinton Johnston, I mean, he showed all the traits to be, you know, effective wide receiver at the collegiate level, one of the best in college football, actually, in our eyes. What did you see in, what did you see in those last few games of 2020? Because... Uh, you know, TCU went through a stretch where they honestly didn't even throw the ball that much. They tried to get him involved early in the season in, in certain situations, but it did feel like he really emerged in those last few games against, like, Oklahoma State and Louisiana Tech as, as the best receiver on the field. Yeah, 100%. I mean, before that, you know, there were some drop issues. We saw some concentration, concentration drops, um, you know, against Texas Tech and West Virginia. And also at the same time, like while I said this quarterback situation did stabilize a bit, it still wasn't, you know, you know, entirely great. So he did have some downfield targets that weren't accurately thrown by the quarterback. But yeah, like you said, Oklahoma State losing it said those were definitely his two highest graded games of the season. And that's when we really saw that big playmaking ability you know, really come to life. I mean, he ended up hauling in two hundred and sixty seven uh yard receiving yards from go yard go routes sorry about that. Go routes alone uh that season. So I mean, that's when we really started to see the traits that really made him such a highly you know, touted prospect to begin with. When you put him on a list like this, what does that do for expectations? What do you need to see out of Quinton Johnson to make him that number two this year? Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to what I was saying about the quarterback situation. I think, you know, as long as that quarterback situation continues to improve and Max Duggan improve, you know, shows that he can be an effective starting quarterback, I think Quentin Johnston's just going to go along with the ride, and I think he's going to help bring out the, both, the best of both of them. Um, I mean, this TCU team is a very intriguing one. I mean, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. 
Um, you know, I'm really curious to see what impact JD, JD Spielman has. Um, he didn't do much, you know, his first year with TCU, but he was one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten with Nebraska um, before he arrived down at TCU. Um, Zach Evans, too, the running back, former five-star guy. So I, I think it all kind of goes back to the quarterback situation. And as long as that situation continues to get improved and at least gets to that average level, I think Quinton Johnson is going to have all he needs to really you know, take this big step forward that we think is going to happen in 2021. Talking right now with Anthony Trash from Pro Football Focus. He's senior college analyst. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony. And uh, we, we talk about Quentin quite a bit. We Like I said, covered him while he was at Temple in high school. And uh, the expectations, it just seems, from high school to his freshman year in college have really grown. What should the expectations be, not just for on the field, but as far as maybe even if he has a really good breakout year like you're talking about potentially in 2021, do you think in 2022 people are talking about him as a guy who could be playing on Sundays? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think he does have that type of potential. And you look at some of the wide receivers surrounding him, you know, in college football that are that would be coming out in that class. I mean, it is a very talented class of players. There's no doubt about that. But I think Quinton Johnson definitely has the ability. I think he does even have the ability to become, you know, the best wide receiver in the Big 12 this upcoming season. I think right now at this moment in time, you have to give it to Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, as far as ceiling goes, his ceiling's right up there with anyone else in the conference. There's no doubt about that. What would you like to see him kind of put together from a technique tank game standpoint? Because you mentioned it, like he's got the size, he has athletic ability. What what are some things he has to work on aside from just hopefully getting better play from the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean it's definitely consistency, and I think that comes with time, right? It, just because you know it was his first season on the field for TCU, and we saw it mid year. Um, you know, like like we were saying earlier, those last two games, that's when he really emerged and shined in this TCU offense, and like I was going back and saying, some of those concentration drops, we did see that. He did miss some catchable balls, even though he did have some inaccurate ones mixed in there as well. And so I think, you know, kind of developing on the route tree as well. Like I said, he does have all the traits. I mean, he is an incredibly gifted all-around athlete for someone that's six foot four, just shy of 200 pounds. And I think he has all the traits to really really piece it together. I know Gary Patterson doesn't want to hear this, but with what all you're saying, is Quinton Johnson one of those players that you may look at and, and have that big year, and then all of a sudden you look up and he's he's going into the draft early? I, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I, I mean, I, you know, I think you're exactly right. They would rather keep him um, than see that happen, but he definitely has that type of capability. And I think someone, too, like Zach Evans, the running back, I think he's right up there with him as well. Um, and I think, you know, Quentin Johnson, I think he's probably the most likely one to kind of be on that path, given what we saw down the stretch in 2020. So high praise for Quentin Johnson. I know there's a lot of excitement around him. Um, Anthony was really critical of Max Duggan. And I didn't push back a lot on that because, I mean, it wasn't the point of the interview. I'll say this. Uh, I have questions about Max. I think I've been tougher on him than some TCU people. Um, I feel like. Yeah, he's he's inaccurate. That's a, a fair criticism of him. Um, there have been some throws that have just been inexcusable. Now, some of that I feel like is the offense in general has just been so anemic the past couple of years that if they do miss an opportunity, if they miss a big play, it's magnified in a big way because, you know, a lot of the time they're kind of stuck in, in the mud and, and going three and out or getting one first down and then the drive sputtering. But – Obviously, we have to look at this in context, and a lot of Max's struggles have been driven by an offensive line that has been mixing and matching because of injuries, has rarely been good, 
and play calling that I don't think really unlocks what he does well, which is, you know, make plays with his legs, create, kind of make things happen off schedule, um, and thrive in, you know, the intermediate passing game. So that, that's got to get worked out. I don't think it's all Max's fault, but apparently, you know, that's the, that's the national media narrative, at least from someone who's just kind of turning on the film and, and checking out the team. I want to tell you about a new uh, sponsor of ours, Stat Hero. If you play daily fantasy sports, you might have noticed it's really hard to win. I mean, 85% of the people that play lose because you're entering these pools with thousands of players. You know, you're going against experts that are doing this all the time. That's why Stat Hero is great. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book. It puts the player in control. Um, go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free, and you can get three times back on your first play. But what makes it so great? It's essentially a one-on-one matchup. Stat Hero acts as the house. So they have a lineup, and you just go against their lineup. So you're not playing against 10,000 different players from across the country. You're basically playing against one. Um, they're giving 300% match. That's unheard of if you go to stathero.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's stathero.com slash LOCKEDON. Use it today. also want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar, you know about it if you listen to this podcast they're one of our great longtime sponsors. It's a delicious protein bar. It's good for you, only 180 calories, but it's also really, really tasty. It's a good snack. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you can get 20% off your next order. Give it a try. That's BuiltBar.com. Okay, back here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, today, a committee that was formed by the college football playoff made a recommendation to expand the college football playoff. Um, and the College Football Playoff Management Committee will vote on this proposal next week. The proposal would be a 12-team playoff that would have the six highest-ranked conference champions along with six at-large teams duking it out. Um, I think this is good news for TCU. Expansion, it gives them more of an opportunity. You don't have to finish in the top four. And there's a good chance if you can break through and win the Big 12. I mean, essentially, if you do win the Big 12, you should be automatically in. Um, the first four teams are going to get a bye, and then teams five through eight will host first round games against teams nine through 12 at their home stadium. So that'll be an interesting kind of subplot. It wouldn't go into effect till 2023. So there's still some things that have to get worked out, but Josh neighbors and I actually talked about this a few days ago. It wasn't official then. So we're just kind of talking about the idea of it, but here's, uh, Josh and myself on, expansion and a 12 team playoff quick quick thing i want to switch to you with some football uh there is some college football playoff you know expansion apparently that's supposed to happen uh, at some you know point in time i everybody talks about the tv contract and i've always wondered why they can't just rip it up right i mean i feel like this is one of those things they can just do pretty easily um especially if you went to espn you said hey look what if we did more games i'm sure they'd be like Sure. <laughs> Would you want to? Yeah, let's I'm, do sure, it. I'm sure we can amend this contract. I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, it's a bit simplifying it, but you've seen the the proposal for 12. It's going to be talked about and kicked around by the college football playoff committee. 12 teams. Um, and I, I'm assuming, I, I believe that it's also too, it's going to have them on uh, in certain sites as well, you know, playing the on campus games. But you and I, I don't think really kicked around this too much. I don't think you and I have talked about it a whole lot. What are your thoughts on playoff expansion? Everybody's got one. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I understand that there have been 
a lot of blowouts in the college football playoff. And it's basically been Alabama and Clemson for the past decade or so. But I think if you expand it, there's a chance for there to be a more even playing field because maybe then some schools can sell recruits on like, hey, you can come play in the – like when it was four teams, yeah, we weren't playing in the playoff. But now we have a legit shot. Uh, and I just think more game – more playoff games is good. I mean, you know, what's the difference between Alabama beating up an eight seed and then beating – you know, Louisiana Monroe in October and in Tuscaloosa. It, I'd, I'd rather see a playoff game. I'd rather see a game with some implications. So if that means, which I don't think it will because, again, money, but if that means cutting a game in the regular season, I'm fine with that. Um, I just – every other sport in the world has a, a working playoff format. I think FBS College Football can figure out a way to do it and include more teams and make it more fun. Um, I'm surprised they're going to 12. I thought they'd go to eight. But I'm okay with it. I mean, again, more teams, the more teams in the better. Yeah, I'm with you. So I used to be of the mind kind of starting off when they people put eight. My issue was, hey, I don't think there's eight teams that should be playing for, a, you know, a championship. You can make an argument some year that there are barely like three teams that should be playing for sure. a championship. Yeah. So at that point, yeah, you know, if you can make, if you make more compelling matchups, the better for the sport. I mean, yeah, if we're getting massacres anyway, you might as well make the matchups a bit more intriguing. And here's the thing. If you expand the field, you're going to get some of those matchups that they're just they're going to be competitive. Eventually, you're going to have some competitive games. You're going to have some Georgias versus Oklahomas. You're going to have a couple of those. And look, those teams might not make the championship. Hell, they might not even make it, you know, make it out of the next round, right? But uh, you know, those teams might not win a championship, rather, you know, let alone make it out of the next round, is what I'm saying. The basic premise here is that it'd be five uh five bids for the five major conferences. I'm sure people will complain to the Pac-12 doesn't deserve one, it's whatever, it's here or there. Um, basically making the play-in games, the conference championship games, one for the group of five highest ranked team. And then there are six spots for at large teams. Um, my first thought here is like Notre Dame. So this might be more incentive for them to join the ACC, right? Because right, yeah. if you join the ACC, you then now double your, you double your opportunity, you know, cause, cause starting off, you're just fighting for an at, for an at large if you join a conference and I, I have not read uh, exactly if Notre Dame is affected by this, but that's kind of where my mind went to first. Um, what did you think? No, it's a good point. And I feel like that's one of the reasons they're pushing 12, because if you had eight and you have five automatic bids and maybe you have one group of five bid as well, then you're really only talking about two at large. And then you run into a scenario where like, you know, a one loss Texas A&M, is the eight team and number you know number 18 team in the country Oregon who won the Pac-12 gets in but yeah Notre Dame I mean I, I guess it's just that solo TV contract they have is the main reason why they wouldn't want to join the ACC uh, along with being an independent school but uh, I do feel like it gives them incentive and they competed really well last season while they were in the ACC um, for a year so do they move over you know, does BYU look to try to make a move somewhere if they feel like they can be consistently good? Um, there, there's a lot of those things that could play out. But more teams in, more chaos. I, I think it's a good idea for the sport overall. That is uh, Josh Neighbors and myself chopping it up about the 12-team playoff. I think overall this is good news for TCU. We'll come back and wrap things up. That's coming up next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. 
Okay, final thing for you here on Locked on Horn Frogs. I keep forgetting to mention this. Maybe I did on Wednesday. Everything bleeds together. But no, I, I wouldn't have mentioned it on Wednesday because the Jim Sloshnagel news broke. So, RJ Nimhard um, had declared for the NBA draft, but he had left his eligibility available if he wanted to come back. Um, well, he's going to the NBA. He announced that earlier this week. He's going to go to the NBA draft. So, whatever feedback he got, I guess he felt like you know, there was a good chance he was going to get picked and get picked in a place where he didn't need to come back to school. Um, wish RJ the best. It's a loss just on the fact of, you know, hey, he was a good scorer. And I know he's a ball-dominant guy, and people got frustrated with him at times because he would turn the ball over. Um, but he could score the basketball. Now, one good one good thing from this is that the Mike Miles show should be, you know, full force now. I mean, he's going to be – driving the offense, and we'll see how that plays out. But RJ Nimhard going to the NBA, Kevin Samuel in the transfer portal, a lot of change uh, from TCU basketball this offseason. I'll be back Monday. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.